Well, good morning and welcome again to Guerrilla Discipleship. I'm your host, Kevin Baker, and uh, we continue to talk about what it looks like to be a disciple-making community, what disciple-making looks like, and um, and how there are things in the, the realities of Western Christianity, Western church models that uh, I believe God wants to tweak and to change and to modify things that we've been doing for years as a church that... Um, that really haven't been working, but boy, are we, we, uh, we're just stuck in that. Uh, someone has once said that church tradition is stronger than the devil. It's amazing how we can cling to our traditions and things that we're comfortable with and used to, at times even willing to sacrifice the Word of God. But we here at Guerrilla Discipleship are committed. We're committed to talking about what discipleship looks like. Um, what discipleship, how to get discipleship in, into and out of our churches so that the world might know the glory of who God is and live according to that. Now, one of the things that I think you and I could probably agree with is there's a lot of foolishness in the world. Um, regardless of where you're looking, there's just foolishness. And that means there's some people who are acting foolish, uh, People might even call them fools, but I, I don't think we need to name call, but there, all of us at times have done very foolish things. I've made a bunch of foolish mistakes myself. Um, Jesus talked about the difference between wisdom and foolishness. He talked about wise and foolish actions and people. Let me just remind you of a story in Matthew's gospel, the seventh chapter. Uh, it starts this way. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that, that house, and it fell with a crash. Now, think about this. The, first of all, Jesus doesn't say, if the rains and storm come. He says, the rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. We, here in the northeastern part of the United States, have recently suffered with the effects of a Category 4 hurricane that started down or hit ground uh, land down in Louisiana. But it, it may have taken more lives here in the Northeast and spawned tornadoes than it did down even where it, it uh, was a Category 4 hurricane. So we know that in life, the rains are going to come, the streams are going to rise and the winds are going to blow. We know that that's the case for our lives. Jesus promised us in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. It's not that, oh, if you believe in Jesus, everything's going to go well. It's not. In fact, it's the exact opposite in many ways. Jesus said that we might suffer even more difficulties because of our following him, because the world won't understand and will reject us. But what I really want to focus on is what Jesus said was the difference. We all know this. What's the difference between a wise man, a wise builder, and a foolish builder? Well, Jesus said it's the big difference is the one who puts these words into practice. 
Now, think about the way that we do church today. Here's what, what we do. We, we come to church, at least in many circles. I'm not, I'm making big generalizations, but we come to church for an hour. And, uh, and in that hour, we want great music, a great message. We want it all to be powerful. We want great kids programming. We want something for everyone. And we want everyone to feel like they were cared and, and loved and cared for. And then we may, we may go to a Bible study. We might take another hour out of our week and meet with some people in a smaller section, session, you know, just uh, say six to 12 of us. And, uh, and we're going to take some of God's word and we're going to talk about it. But what I've been proposing and what I think the world and, and the church world is coming to realize is that we don't ever practice the things that we're studying. There's no system within the church today to ask each other. In fact, we resent it when we ask each other, hey, did you, did you do anything about that text last week? Was there any obedience that you followed? Uh, we don't ask each other at the end of 99% of our Bible studies and, and groups in the church. We don't say, What's, what are we going to do this week about this? What, what is God leading you to do? What new practice will you pick up or what activity are you going to put aside? So what we're doing is we're gaining more and more information, just like the foolish builder, right? He heard it. It says, but whoever want, whoever, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. So it's not that this foolish builder didn't go to church. The foolish builder went to church, maybe liked the music, maybe even complimented the preacher on the way out. Good sermon, man. That was awesome. But he never put one of Jesus's teachings into practice. Or maybe he did, maybe over the, the years that he's been going into ch to church, every once in a while he put something into practice. He said, you know, I ought to probably do this, or they, they uh, practiced one or two things. But Jesus says, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Now, I was thinking about that idea of putting things into practice, because for me, obedience is not something that I just automatically know what to do. I hear God's teaching, and I'm not even sure sometimes how to put it into practice. I need people to help me. I want to talk about, man, I'm struggling to put this into practice. But we don't have those conversations, right? We don't have time in the hour that we give for church. And by the way, it better be an hour for most people in our culture today that uh, we don't give ourselves time at the end of the sermon to say, let's talk for, just break up into small groups and talk about how you're going to put what we just heard from God's word into practice. We don't ask them the next week. Hey, before we go into another passage of scripture, let's just make sure everybody got what we were supposed to do last week. Imagine again, if we trained our firefighters that way. Imagine that we talked about how to put house fires out, how to operate all of the things on the complicated fire trucks, how to, how to do all the, the life-saving things, how to operate the oxygen tanks, how to make sure that you know what your equipment can do and, and, and can't do. And we just continued to talk about it, but never once did we ask them to put the uniform on. Never once did they ride in a truck. Never once did they see a fire. Never once did they try to man one of those hoses. Because now I've never done this, but I imagine when the, uh, the force of that water pulls on, puts on, uh, gets put on, that there's some serious work. And somebody might want to show me actually how to practice 
holding a, a fire hose that's fully turned on so that I can put, you know, they might say, well, you've got to hold it this way. Put your feet this way. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't do that in the church. No wonder when the storms come and they will inevitably come, so many of our lives crash. So much of our faith seems to crash. No wonder so many people in the world aren't asking us about our faith. Because when it comes right down to it, I know this is hard to hear, our lives don't look that much different than the lives of people who are outside the church, who have no consent, no concept of Jesus, who maybe have written Jesus off. And they look at us and they say, well, I don't know. They don't seem to be any more happy, no more at peace. No, their, their marriage isn't any better than mine. Their kids are just as struggling, just as hard as mine. And so if this, if this Jesus following doesn't strengthen our house, is it because the word of God isn't true? Is it because the, Jesus, the teachings of Jesus are false? Or really, is it because many of us have failed to really put into practice what God has been teaching us since we were kids? You know, one of the core principles of being a disciple is that I've got to lay down my life. How many of us are, are saying basically very boldly to Jesus, I'm not going to lay my life down. I mean, you can enhance my life, Jesus. I'd be happy for you to enhance my life. But in terms of, of you mean, me laying my life down, that why would I do that? That's, uh, that's just not what I'm going to do. Jesus also said, if you want to follow him, we must and come into his kingdom. We would have to come like kids. What did he mean by that? I think he meant that we would have to be just as, as willing as kids are, as innocent and, and as open to following as kids can be. You know, kids, when, when you take kids on an adventure, they don't just stop and question everything. They just go, where are we going? And then they say, oh, you know, you, you say to your children, it's going to be a great adventure. And they just come and they're excited. They walk where you walk. They, they are excited about where they're going. But so many of us as adults, when Jesus says, come and follow me, we say, wait a minute, where are you going, Jesus? And when he won't give us clear answers about where it's, where it's going and what the cost will be, we just say, no, I'm not interested. Or when we do hear where God's leading us, we say, oh gosh, that seems uncomfortable. I'm not going to go. So we have this struggle and it's a real struggle. And, and I am hoping that we can all get honest with ourselves that we all have been like foolish builders. We've heard God's word over and over and over again. We've had God speak to us. We've faced crisis. Our house has fallen. And we still, we still fail to be the wise people to put into practice the things that Jesus has told us to do. Now, let me just ask you, if today, and I'd like to just read this story to you one more time. Just listen to this again out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice 
is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Uh, which foundation, what foundation is your life built on? Can you honestly say the foundation of your life is built on obedience to the word of God? Or is your life built on the foundation of whatever you want to do? Whatever you feel is right. Now, I'm not saying if you're listening to me that, you've, that what you want to do is bad. I'm just saying it's not an obedience to God's word foundation. It's an obedience to what you think is right foundation. It's an obedience to what you find comfortable. It's an obedience to I'll be obedient when I want to be obedient and I won't be obedient when I don't want it. I'm not going to pay the cost foundation. And yet, isn't it true that we get so frustrated with God when the rains came or they come, the storms and streams rise and the wind blows and our, our lives crash around us Oh, God, why did you let this happen to me? Why are you doing this to me? We rail against God when the truth is God's been inviting us, urging and even pleading with us, build your life on the foundation of obedience to my word because storms are coming. I heard in in uh, some of the Northeast states, New York, New Jersey, other places that some of the politicians were saying we weren't prepared. It was interesting because as I listened to the forecasters, they said, well, we told you that you were going to get inundated in rain. We predicted very accurately. So a very interesting um, little argument going on between the forecasters who said, hey, this is going to be a big storm, lots of rain, potential damaging winds, possibly even tornadoes, and politicians who now are saying, we didn't heed your word, and because there's so many hurt and injured and even killed, we're looking for a place to blame. I think we do the same thing as those politicians. God has been urging us. We've been reading his word. He's, he's inviting us, pleading with us, Build your house on this foundation of obedience so that you can sustain and, and I can sustain you through the storms. And yet we often don't. And then we're looking for someone to blame. Well, my encouragement for us today is to just make a commitment today. God, I'm going to begin today in a new way to build my house on the foundation of obedience to your word. And I'm going to trust that when the storms come, and they will come, that that foundation will hold and my house will stand. If you and I, if all of us, if 20 of us would begin to live our lives in obedience to what God is inviting us to do, I mean, really be obedient to it. Take the risk of being obedient. If even 20 of us would do that, I believe it would change our community. I believe people would, it would, it would not be possible not to take notice. Our families would say, boy, there's something different about you. Our churches would say, wow, have you noticed the difference? Our co-workers would say, you see, it would be very apparent. The glory of God would begin to shine through if we began to 
build our lives on the foundation of obedience to the words of Jesus, man, God would change the world. So what do you say? How about 20 of us take up that task? 15? Well, really, all we need is 12, right? Jesus did it once through 12. Will you be one of the 12 for today? Let's see what God will do as we say, I'm going to become a wise builder. Thank you so much for being a part of all that God is doing in Guerrilla Discipleship. Again, as always, uh, my uh, email address is kbaker at oakdale.church. If there's any way that we can help you uh, in your own pursuit of practicing obedience to God's word, you let us know. If you'd like to hear more about a particular topic of, uh, of disciple making and obedience, let me know. But I, I am so glad that you're with us. God bless each one of you. And until next time, know this, the God of the universe loves you and you matter to him. All right, we'll see you then. <music>